Welcome into the Fantasy Incline Podcast. We're your hosts, Nico and Gino, and today we do not have a guest on the show. We're we're going just the duo on this one. We're gonna start our uh, our divisional analysis, and uh, so what what we'll just kind of explain what we're gonna be doing here throughout the next few weeks. We're just gonna be going division by division, and you know analyzing. Guys on the team, fantasy impacts, all that kind of stuff. Um, so by the end of of the divisional analysis, we should have covered just about everybody, like every single player yeah. that it could possibly be on your fantasy team. We will talk about within this segment, and then after that, we're going to be getting to rankings. So, so yeah, and then we'll we'll get into rankings closer to the closer to your guys' draft time, and. Um, we're gonna have some fun. So today we're gonna start with the uh, with the NFC West teams on the NFC West are uh, Rams, Forty ers uh, Seahawks, and Cardinals. So if you didn't know that already, so let's let's start with the Cardinals. So the Arizona Cardinals, and we're gonna whenever we do this, we're gonna start with the quarterback because I think the quarterback is kind of the integral part of the team. And so the fantasy value of the other guys, be that the wide receivers, the running backs, tight ends, all that kind of stuff, um, relies on the quarterback. So we're going to start with the quarterback. So in Arizona, Kyler Murray. Um, I mean, honestly, their whole offense is just full of stars, but Kyler Murray, I think, is going to be a potential top five QB in fantasy. I I would like to have Q, uh, Kyler Murray on my team. So, I mean, then wh- wh- how are you feeling about uh, Murray? Yeah, yeah. Kyler Murray is definitely gonna be definitely gonna be very good this year. He's got you know the weapons to to do great. The my biggest problem would be is that like everyone everyone is high on Kyler Murray. So that, is that he is gonna, true? Is he gonna be going way too early and going into his second year too? That's kind of what you gotta. Think about it. Yeah, a lot of quarterbacks sometimes have you know the sophomore slump. Yeah, yeah. Trubisky. <laughs> yep. Perfect example. But Trubisky's fucking ass anyway. So. <laughs> All right, Kenyon Drake. Uh, how you feeling about Kenyon Drake this year? So yeah, running backs. Kenyon Drake, and then they have um they have Chase Edmonds behind him. Mm-hmm. I I like Kenyon Drake in this spot because I think Kenyon Drake is a really good running back. He's just in a terrible situation in Miami. True. I think uh. I think he's just a perfect back to be catching screens and you know how uh the Cardinals loves doing that in their offense so yeah the Cardinals are they're going to end up running like some sort of you know hybrid offense that's not going to be necessarily relevant in the NFL it'll be it'll be more of you know Kyler and shotgun and the college spread yeah. kind of thing mm-hmm. And lots of checkdowns and and deep balls that but kind of stuff. They definitely have the weapons to uh work that offense. Yeah, so we'll we'll go into wide receivers here, and this might, to be honest with you, this might be one of the best, if not the best, wide receiver trio in the in the league. I agree. Larry Fitzgerald, old reliable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> Christian Kirk in the slot, and the new addition. DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best wide receivers the NFL has seen. Yeah, so I'm hearing a lot of people are a tad bit scared with uh, DeAndre Hopkins just because 
they a lot of people say when receivers switch teams on their first year, they're usually not the best. What what do you think about that? Do you think uh, that's true uh, with DeAndre Hopkins so situation I think or what? A lot of people say that, and I think that's because when when good wide receivers switch teams, they're immediately thrust into this position where they need to produce. Mm-hmm. DeAndre it, yeah. Hopkins does not absolutely need to produce. Uh, exactly correct. Like because they've got Larry Fitzgerald, yeah, they've got like, Christian Kirk, who's a great <laughs> wide receiver. Yeah. He doesn't need to be, you know that the one guy like if if the game is on the line and Kyler Murray's at like the 30 yard line and they need a touchdown there's like 2 seconds left on the clock you don't absolutely have to throw to DeAndre Hopkins whereas in other situations like the Packers they would have to throw to Devontae Adams yeah. there's no other choice mm-hmm. or even if um, back when he was on uh Houston you know what I'm saying that yep. that was their number one choice so he's he's not really going to be like that anymore and so that's that's why I think that People are saying that, oh, well, when wide receivers go to different teams that kind of struggle, it's because they're put in a position where they need to perform and they don't perform to the expectations. Right now, the expectations aren't too high for DeAndre Hopkins, but the thing is is that he doesn't need to meet those expectations for the Cardinals to do good because of the other weapons that they have. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's why I could see him doing well because he doesn't have any, doesn't have as much pressure on him if he were to have gone to a team where he would be the only target. Yeah, and Kirk was a he was a rookie last year, wasn't he? Yes. And he went I thought he did really good for his rookie season. So, just going into his second season, I feel like it's just going to be even stronger. Also adding obviously that DeAndre Hopkins to the other side is really just going to make them two uh, both better, so. Yep. So, Cardinals I think are are going to do I'm going to be a fantasy production type of offense this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll see what the wide receivers can do because I'm, I'm kind of scared when there's that many weapons in a certain place, it might, they, they get spread out. Yeah. You know, if they get all the same amount of targets, you're not necessarily looking at the big fantasy points that you really want from a, from a guy that you draft. But uh, th- these could also be guys, I'm, kind of thinking that you know if the ball does get spread out if they if they kind of share the load and and you know don't get as much if if one of them one of the three kind of goes off in the first two weeks you you could be definitely looking to trade them for a for a better asset because if if like one of them goes off in the first two weeks that might not be indicative of what the rest of the year is going to show they might spread it out the rest of the year Mm mm-hmm like, so it might be beneficial to you to, you know, draft one of these guys, hope they do well and trade them trade them early. Yeah, you really you really just can't go wrong with uh Cardinals offense. All right, so we'll move on to the LA Rams. All right. Um Jared Goff, what do you uh <laughs> how do you feel about Jared Goff without uh <laughs> Todd Gurley being that like, you know what I'm saying? That that's kind of who I feel like was the player that everybody was scared of, what you were making defensive plays for. And then last year, he started falling off, falling off, falling off. Now he doesn't have Gurley at all. Yeah, so Jared Goff, um, he's kind of a tough tough one to project right now. I don't think he's going to have the year that you know you'd want him to have if you had him on your fantasy team. If you're in a one-quarterback league, 
I can definitely see Jared Goff not being started, being a guy that's like True. either either on a on a bench or you know on waivers, like the one guy on waivers. If you're in two QB league, you might get a few starts, um, matchup dependent probably. But I can't see him being you know the elite quarterback that you're gonna you're gonna rely on like yo. Know, it's Monday night and it's Jared Goff's turn and you need 40 points. You're not very confident in that. Yeah. Um, so you said you're, he's a QB that you can't really rely on being amazing, but I think he's a QB that you can rely on. That's just going to put up a good amount of average points each week. You know what I'm saying? Like I, his offensive line, I feel is a lot made for pass protection. And then he's got his, uh, weapons on the outside that he's, been used to for a couple of years and now they're starting to move into more of like a two tight end uh set so uh, at least what we've seen the the rams offense is kind of a complete stark contrast from the cardinals offense the rams offense is like the cardinal the cardinals offense is going to be more like a college kind of spread the ball out shotgun type thing and the rams offense is a is a nfl style like under center run it up the middle and then you know drop back for a for a medium length pass kind of kind of deal from the NFL style offense of yeah. the Rams and it's kind of cuz last year Rams i think had were the worst with uh running backs getting tackled in the uh in the backfield so they might be switching to like a little new type of offense more passing instead of uh rush first so yeah, speaking of the rush, we'll go down to the running backs here. And so no Todd Gurley anymore. Todd Gurley off to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's going to be a little bit of a fight for – it might just be split the entire year, or there might be some sort of fight for you know the RB1 slot in, in L.A. But we have Malcolm Brown, we have Daryl Henderson, and we have the new draftee Cam Akers out of Florida State. Third round, right? Uh, something like that. So – who knows? I mean, yeah, that's the thing. They're they're back to like <laughs> who starts? Yeah, exactly. Who starts? And they might even go run what the Bears did last year and have like a little trio of running backs that they're just consistently playing too. So, well, this one's kind of hard to project. And so, you know, we'll 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 do this. We'll say what we want to happen for fantasy from yeah. the, from the Rams <laughs> is that um someone like someone flies under the radar say cam Akers. cam Akers flies under the radar and goes like you know either undrafted because he's an rb3 right now either undrafted or very very late in the draft and for some reason the rams say you know what cam Akers is our starter and they're not going to spread the ball around as much they might bring in you know darrell henderson for yeah for a goal line situation where he has to pound the ball mm-hmm. in or something but you know they're not going to spread the ball around to all three running backs equally that yeah. would be a perfect situation for fantasy because then you'd either have a crazy waiver wire pickup in cam Akers, or you if you drafted cam Akers really really late you'd have someone that you could start that you weren't planning on starting yeah true all right wide receivers uh i know you're not the most high on them but uh cooper cup yeah, so wide receivers, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and Josh Reynolds. Um, Cooper Cup, I'm, I'm not very high on Cooper Cup this year, which is weird because I am high on Robert Woods. 
I think Robert Woods is going to have a, a pretty good year because I think Jared Goff is going to have a, you know, a mediocre season. But I think he's going to look to Robert Woods a lot more this year than he did, you know, Cooper Cup last year. You know what this uh this wide receiver core kind of reminds me of is uh Vikings last year when they had Thielen and Diggs, honestly. Kind you know, of, yeah. It, that just because Thielen was kind of uh like shadowed, you know what I'm saying? And they were all mainly worried about uh Diggs a lot, but I don't know. I just feel like they're both uh have almost like the same skill almost, you know. I would also I'll, in deeper leagues, I would look out for Josh Reynolds here to be honest with you. Um later in the season last year, I remember Jared Goff was like looking at Josh Reynolds a lot. He had a he had one game that was like pretty pretty darn good. Um he might be one of those guys where you know oh cooper cup robert woods they're they're the they're the really good guys you've got your third cornerback your your free safety on on josh reynolds your you know the defenses aren't paying attention to him that much he could sneak in there and get some fantasy points especially if you're in a deep league where you know a 12 team three wide receiver type situation where the third wide receiver that you're starting or your flex that you're starting isn't going to put up that many points Josh Reynolds might be your your answer. Yeah. Yep. Tight end um for the Rams, Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett. Those are two tight ends that could possibly get either they could either start or they could start together in a two tight end set. So, what are you thinking on the tight ends here? Well, I know Higby had a really strong year or second half strong year last year. So, and that was kind of more when they were, they knew they weren't going to go with uh, Gurley. They were more switching it to a different type of offense. And I don't know. I, I, I like Higby. I think uh, he could be a uh, pretty good uh, tight end uh, for the Rams. Yeah. Tyler Higby for me, I'm, see, in other years, I would say, yes, Tyler Higby would be a good, good pickup because in previous years, I don't know if you've, you've noticed this, but there's been like a really steep drop off in tight ends. So like there's like one tight end or two tight ends that are up there and then the rest of them kind of score the same amount of points. And so like if you didn't want to draft to spend an early draft pick on a really good tight end in previous years, I think Tyler Higby would have been a good option. But this year, as of right now, this could change. This definitely could change going up to the draft. But this year, I feel like there's a lot more tight ends. Oh my goodness. They're like, 10 or 11 that can consistently score double digit points I feel like so that's like not saying that Tyler Higby is not going to have a good year but that might be the reason why I downgrade Tyler Higby and, and I don't draft him is because there's just so many yeah. other options yeah I, I feel you 100% alright alright we'll get into the San Francisco 49ers out in the Bay Area so quarterback Jimmy G Jimmy Garoppolo um came over from New England a while ago and he's been starting. So what do you think the year looks for Jimmy? Um probably just another guy that I would uh stay away from. I'm I'm I was never uh high on uh Garoppolo. They just really don't pass too often out in uh San Francisco. I mean I guess they did bring in uh Brandon Ayuk, but I don't think he's gonna make a huge impact his first year to maybe change Jimmy G to be a really good fantasy quarterback. So, uh, I don't know. 
Jimmy Garoppolo for me, uh, man's got some rings. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> he does. He does. Can't can't uh, can't diss Jimmy here, but um, I think it's kind of the same situation as Jared Goff, where you know he's probably going to put up you know a mediocre amount of points. And if you're in a one QB league, he might be on someone's bench. He might be on the waivers. If you're in a two QB league, he might get a couple starts, kind of thing. Yeah, that that's where I think Jimmy Garoppolo is right now. The almost the exact same thing as what I said for Jared Goff last time. Like I could I could see Jimmy Garoppolo getting a lot of games only scoring like one touchdown. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. And that's not what you want. That's not what you want. A... But then I could also see matchup dependent. Like if there's a if there's a bad team that he's facing, a bad defense that he's facing, I could see Jimmy G going off for like you know three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So who knows? I mean, I would look at your matchups. I would look at your quarterbacks and. If you're in a one quarterback league, maybe you waited on a quarterback and you got Jimmy G as a backup and he has a better matchup, he could start. Who knows? I feel like this is kind of another uh, prove it year for Jimmy. You think so? Yeah, he kind of needs to um, to push San Fran in the right direction here. All right, so uh, how you feeling about Raheem Moster? Yeah, so San Fran's running backs, Raheem Mostert at RB1, um, Tevin Coleman at RB2. Uh McKinnon at RB3. Oh yeah, Jerick McKinnon too. I don't know. Raheem Mostert, he's going to get upgraded in PPR. Is my is my take on this. I think he's going to get a lot of receptions from, you know, the checkdowns of of Garoppolo. Um I think he's just going to be touchdown dependent though. Like if you're playing in a in a standard or a half PPR league, Raheem Mostert needs a touchdown, a rushing, receiving touchdown, whatever it is. He needs a touchdown to say he had a good week, you yeah. know? And it was no secret, too, that he uh, dominated the, uh, the, not even really second half, but second part of the last season, more like in the playoffs and stuff. So I feel like he's still got to prove something, you know what I'm saying? And if you if you draft him like say like third fourth round and he has his job for like two three weeks and then McKinnon takes a starting job or Coleman I don't know you know what I'm saying like that yeah that's that's a bad pickup right there so uh, he he kind of scares me a little bit yeah he kind of scares me too um she's 28 years old yeah, that that scares me even more. So he's a little bit of a risk for injury, and even if he's not a risk for injury, like say the the Niners keep him away from being injured, that probably means that Tevin Coleman's getting some carries because because yep. Raheem Mostert's not taking the full load, and and he's just not going to be that franchise back. You know what I'm saying for the team. So it, who knows if they even have a second plan for him to stay on the team after his contract? So. All right, we're going to wide receivers. So the receivers in San Fran are Debo Samuel, uh, Dante Pettis, and the new draftee Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State. All right, I'll start off with Debo. Um, I kind of like Debo this year. I just like how in San Francisco's off offense they kind of run jet sweeps and all that stuff. And he Debo is one of the main guys who's getting those jet sweeps and. He, he, he really does make people miss. So if he's getting like 10, 20 yards on like a couple jet sweeps and maybe like breaks free and gets a big one, that's that's some nice fantasy points that are coming on uh, to your team. Yeah, so. just, just one broke touchdown, like one 
crazy 40, 50 yard touchdown makes it a good week. And so you just have to like, if, if you're, if you're willing to take that risk, if the rest of your team is, you know, pretty solid, if you're willing to take the risk of Debo Samuel, you know, 70% not going to break a touchdown and have like 10 points or less or 30% going to break a huge touchdown and have go off for like 25 points. And if you're willing to take that 30% risk, then your team should be in a pretty good spot. And if it happens, then you're good. Like you win. And like we, and kind of what we're saying too, we don't know how much really San Francisco is going to be passing and how often. So if Debo Samuels gets a lot of targets, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's, that's going to make him a very good wide receiver. He's basically a running back and a wide receiver for your team. What do you think Brandon Ayuk does this year? I mean, it's kind of hard to you know project rookies because we haven't seen them in the NFL, but we'll try. Yeah. Um, I just hear that he has a couple things more to work on, but once he gets some of those things down, he will be a great wide receiver. But year one, a lot of uh, I've hear, heard a lot of people say he's not ready yet. So. Yeah, I think it was the same thing with Nikhil Harry um, in, in New England, oh. out of the same school, out of Arizona State. And it was basically the exact same situation. It comes into a wide receiver room that could, you know, use a little bit of help and then kind of isn't really ready for the NFL and doesn't really do as good as people thought he would year one. And I think that's going to be the same thing with Brandon Ayuk in San Fran. Yeah, and really the main reason why they picked him up is just because He's great after uh, after the catch, and that I 49ers love that obviously with Kittle, Debo, now IU, you know. So, speaking of George Kittle, we'll go to tight ends, and this is you know how I was talking about earlier the you know the couple top tight ends on the board in previous years. This guy's one of them. He might be he's one of the top tight ends, if not the top tight end in the league this year. What's the projection for George Kittle so last year I took George Kittle and so that kind of made me watch uh, 49ers a little bit more and uh, the thing with George Kittle I like him he's still a top tight end but hit a lot of his points in my opinion are kind of lucky you know like a lot of like breaks one or two tackles and then he's getting like a 64 yard touchdown like those are huge points that you can't really rely on. Yeah, happening. you can't predict that. Yeah, exactly. What I'm saying, you can predict you can predict touchdowns, like you can stat out guys and predict touchdowns for for the year. You cannot when it gets down to game time and they're playing, like actually playing football, you cannot predict at what point someone's going to break a crazy 60-yard touchdown for a ton of fantasy points. That is completely unpredictable. Yeah. And so if if a if a wide receiver, tight end, running back, whatever, if someone relies on that as their fantasy point getting um their their method of getting fantasy points, then that's probably not a reliable start each week. And I'm not saying that's that's specifically the the case for George Kittle. I think George Kittle's going to do pretty good like he always does, and he'll be one of the top tight ends and he'll be starting every single week for some team. But if he relies on crazy, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, 30, 40 yard touchdowns, he'll probably get a couple of those and he'll probably win a week for you. 
win a week or two for but you. But you can't really. But you can't rely on that. Yep, and you can't really pick out when he's going to do that, you know? And so I would take George Kittle, but for the right price. So don't, don't reach for someone that you can't necessarily rely on. But if you can't, if you can't really rely on him for, you know, a couple weeks because he might not break a touchdown, but you got him around under his ADP. That's a good. That's a good pick. Yeah. Um, he's honestly like Gino said, a guy that I really wouldn't uh reach too much for just alone because he doesn't really get many targets. And if you're a tight end, and I want to reach for you, you better be getting targets. You know what I'm right. saying? So. And then one more thing I want to talk about in San Francisco. Do you think that fullback Kyle Juszczyk takes any touchdowns away from anyone? Mm, that is, that's a good question. That's probably a, one of the best, I mean, probably the best fullback and he's in been, the league because fullbacks aren't, you know, aren't the, the pinnacle of, of the positions in the NFL. But it, we've heard his name around. He gets touchdowns. He's been in, in fantasy lineups before. Does he take away touchdowns from anyone else? I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes, and he has a very huge name. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So that, that's one downhill runner. I can tell yeah, you that. And great, great blocker, obviously. But so I think Kyle Juszczyk in inside the five yard line. If the Niners get inside the five yard line, just be 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 aware that you know you if you're a guy if you have a guy from. San Fran, he might not get the touchdown. It might be Kyle Juszczyk. <laughs> I like how you didn't just name one running back just because you don't know. <laughs> All right. All right. Last team in the NFC West, the Seattle Seahawks. And we'll start with the quarterback, Russell Wilson. You know, obviously, Russell Wilson is probably not going to have a bad fantasy year. He's always at least top eight every year. Something like that. Like he, he's always going to be a safe quarterback pickup. So, <laughs> and he's he's got he's got nice weapons around him. They added Dorsett too from uh, New England. Greg Olson, like, yeah, Russell Wilson here. I think I think might be the quarterback to pick up this year. Like, this is the guy you might be aiming for because he's not going to be like like a like a Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson type guy. Those guys are going to go way too early. Yep. True. Don't reach for for a quarterback at all. But Russell Wilson might have a year comparable to those two, but he'll be going way later in the draft. Yeah, and I hope uh I hope Seattle's not stupid enough to uh be a run first team again. Like they've been a run first team for probably three years and their running backs just keep on getting hurt. <laughs> like are you kidding me like is that really like what's really working it's russell wilson putting out those clutch ass moments that's getting them the, all their dubs and stuff so yeah they're they're uh they're a run first team until you know it comes down to the super bowl and <laughs> yeah you got uh what's his name you got homer as you're starting uh running back so all right so to the running backs then chris carson uh this this is kind of a crowded running back room to be yeah to be honest with you chris is. carson carlos hyde rashad penny travis homer i mean chris carson is definitely the rb1 so there's there's no like there's no debating who the rb1 is here true but the other guys are you know good enough to take the load away from chris carson mm-hmm. 
And to be honest, if I were going to bet on any of these backs, I would probably go with Hyde just because Penny and Carson are just way too much injury prone, at least for me. Carson, I probably honestly, I would pick, uh, pick him over Hyde, but I'm just saying you can't rely on him. You know what I'm saying? He he, he gets hurt every single year. He it's good to pick, uh, pick up a guy and put make you points for all the, your regular season. But if he's not even going to uh, be a player that's going to be in the playoffs. Why are you picking him so high? You know what I'm saying? So Chris Carson for me, I think I'm I'm high on Chris Carson this year. If he stays off of the injury list, if he if he plays all 16 games, I'm very high on Chris Carson this year because. When you're drafting your team next month, two months from now, when you're drafting your team, everyone will have in their minds that Chris Carson's injury prone. That and that Chris is Chris Carson's going to get injured. Chris Carson's going to get injured. Everybody might drop like me. <laughs> yeah, he might drop like two rounds below his ADP, and that is a extremely good value pickup. That if he does stay healthy, if he doesn't get injured, like everyone thinks he might, he's going to be a guy that you would have ended up taking, you know, four rounds mm-hmm. earlier than you did. He'd be like his ADP right now is relevant to the, to the fact that he might get injured. If we knew right now, if we absolutely knew right now that he was not going to get injured, he was going to play all 16 games. His ADP would be two rounds yeah. higher. He would probably be like a second round back picking up. If we don't know that he's going to, whether what's going to happen to him within the season. We don't know what's going to happen with anyone in the season. So his ADP is where he's at right now. If people think they don't know, but if people think that he's going to get injured, like it's a, it's inevitable and inevitable that he gets injured, then he's going to drop two rounds below his ADP. That's a four round difference. Mm-hmm. And that's helping you win week to week too. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So, so Chris Carson for me, great value pick. If you can get him below his ADP, Hopefully, he stays healthy for, for the relevance of, of fantasy. Yep. We don't want any season-ending injuries for anyone. Unless they're against me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they're playing against me in the championship. <laughs> and I would love for you to tear your ACL. <laughs> yeah. Get out of there, Tom Brady. <laughs> All right. To the wide receivers uh, in the wide receiver room in Seattle, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Philip Dorsett, uh, David Moore, that's about it. What are you thinking? Um, definitely the big two, uh, Tyler and uh, DK. DK was a rookie last year, and he was kind of like a, a late second, which was supposed to be projected like a star type wide receiver. You know what I'm saying? Came in his first year, actually put up some pretty good numbers. I re- I really like him. I think he's definitely gonna improve too, uh, from last year to this year. And be better than he was. And I think Tyler Lockett's just probably going to be around the same what he was last year. He was almost a number one wide receiver too last year. Yeah, I think Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are going to have, you know, their normal pretty good years. I, I'd pick them if, if they slip a few picks, you know. I, I, I might reach a little bit for DK considering that he might, he might have a breakout year. But... And I wouldn't reach for Tyler that much, but if you're getting them around their ADP, I'd say that's pretty good. Yeah, and maybe I I hope this is what Seattle did. Um, what I heard DK's route tree wasn't the best. 
if you work on his route tree and and he's able to run all of his routes, that makes him even better. Like he was he was getting catches off on, like mainly street passes and right. stuff. And if if he can run all his routes, that makes Tyler Lockett better too. Yep. Yep. Because <laughs> all of a sudden, all of a sudden, if this guy can run routes, he's definitely getting that number one corner on him. And Tyler Lockett, who's been the number one wide receiver in Seattle for a while, is getting a number two corner on yep, him. Yep, exactly. <laughs> They're about to be balling out there. They're about to be balling. Tight ends in Seattle, the new addition, Greg Olson. Um, Big Montana, Will Disley. And <laughs> they both have the same number, which is kind of weird. They're both 88. We'll see if someone changes their number because yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm sure they'll end up on the field at the same time. But who do you who do you think starts? Is it is it Holson? Yeah, I, I definitely think if if he's not if he doesn't keep on getting injured, which he's not the most injury prone player, but he does get injured once in a while. If he, if he stays healthy, he seems like he can still ball. I uh, I don't know. For some reason, I'm thinking Will Disley starts here, and that might not necessarily be every game. Because I don't think they're going to want, you know, Greg, Ol- they're going to put Greg Olson out there when they want to pass to Greg Olson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they're not, he- not going to want to give him like some crazy load of, of blocking and route running when he's this old. And plus he, w- he was never the greatest uh, blocking tight end anyways, you know? Right. All right. Well, that concludes the NFC West. Let's do a little quick. Uh, who do you think? comes out on top in the NFC West this year and gets the automatic playoff spot. Huh. I want to say 49ers, but uh I think I think it's Cardinals. I'm I'm saying Cardinals this year. I'm saying Seahawks. I think Cardinals I think the Cardinals will get into the playoffs. I think um I think the Seahawks will win the division and the Cardinals will get into the playoffs as a wild card. Um this was this one might be a hot take. I think the San Francisco 49ers finished last in this division. <laughs> it is a hot take, but I could definitely see it. I can definitely see them taking a step down from last year. Because I, I, the, loss, the, the Rams aren't that great, but, you know, they could always pull out something. And plus, they're not playing in the Coliseum anymore. They've got their, their sweet new stadium, probably a bunch of new fans, and all the amenities. I don't know. I, I just feel like, I feel like, the Seahawks and the Cardinals are at the top and it's just going to be a matter of fate to see what happens with the Rams and the Niners. And I think the Niners might end up in last place. Yeah. I'm, I just, I love the Cardinals team this year, man. They're what I think their defense is about to be super amazing with, they picked up Isaiah uh, Simmons from the draft. They already have uh, uh Jones that like Chandler Jones. Yep. They have him. They have, uh, and then Patrick Peterson and another uh, corner number two was uh, hurt last year, or they they were suspended for eight games. So that that made their defense last year look even worse. So if when when all those guys are coming together, I think they're gonna have a stellar defense. Their offense is obviously just a bunch of playmakers. Can't go wrong. All right, so we'll move into our next segment. Uh, this one will be, this will be kind of fun. Um, so, what we're gonna do is we've got a list of names here, 
um, that we thought of before we started recording. And we are going to guess their ADPs. And so we're going to, it's going to be a 10 team half PPR draft. Um, just for, you know, the standard, uh, when we're, when we're guessing, we have that in mind, 10 team half PPR one QB. That's, that's the format that we're, we're guessing. And we are going to each say the number, like the, the ADP that we think of this guy and we'll average ours together and we'll see, you know, who's closest, see how close we got as an average, all that kind of stuff. As a disclaimer, we have not looked at any ADP charts. I don't think I've looked at ADP charts at all this year anyways. Nope, I haven't looked at one. And so these might be completely off, and this will be pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah, get ready for some sales. So I have the ADP chart um, on my computer. I'm not even looking at it. When we uh, will name the guy, we will guess their ADP, and then I'll type the guy into the computer, and we'll, we'll see where that ADP is, and then we'll just move on to the next guy. And we'll we'll do one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, and a tight end. And so we're gonna first start with Dak Prescott. So, oh boy, we're so, guessing ADPs, <laughs> baby. This one's gonna be fun. We I'm, can do way first. off. Am I first? You'll go first on Dak. Oh uh, man, see, I don't even know where like Mahomes or Jackson's gonna like ADP is gonna be going, but I'm sure to, to help you. I my guess. I have not looked at ADP charts. My guess is I think Mahomes and Lamar are going around the mid-20 range. Wow. That's <laughs> early. That's early. Yeah, yeah. But, but I you think know, they're people... going around the mid-20 range. So take that into account. All right. Um, I'm going to guess 40, 43. Okay. Is the position he's going? Mm. See, I'm thinking later than that. I don't know. Am I thinking later than that? I just feel like he's going to be that guy that's going to be it's either him or Murray, I feel like, is going to be right after those two guys. I think I'm going to go a little bit later than that because I, I have faith in the fantasy community for driving down the ADPs of, of quarterbacks. Do not draft a quarterback early in a one-quarterback league, please. Plus. So I'm going to have faith in the, the fantasy community that they have driven down the ADPs of most of these quarterbacks. And I'm going to guess 56 All for right. Dak. So I already forgot mine. Was it forty three? Yeah, you said you said forty three. So Nico said forty three. I said fifty six, and that is an average of just about fifty. Forty nine and a half. So here we go. Player. Dak Prescott. Forty eight. All right, all right. All that, right. Was, that wasn't too bad. That wasn't honestly. too bad. We have not looked at any ADP charts at all, so that was not bad. That was pretty yeah, good. I like. We it. just about nailed it. We were we were <laughs> as a squad. We were two picks late, which is in the same round. So, all right, we'll go to. It's like, well, they're still picking QBs here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, but uh, I've lost my faith in the fantasy <laughs> community. <laughs> all right. Um. Josh Jacobs, running back. What do you think uh, where his ADP is going? All right, Josh Jacobs of the now Las Vegas Raiders. Um, mm. Josh Jacobs, I'm thinking, I, I think he's going to do good this year. But I'm, I'm, not sure if, I'm not sure if the rest of the fantasy world thinks exactly that. 
We'll go with 39. Um, I was actually going to go a lot uh, earlier than that. I think I was going to go... Uh, I'll go 19. Okay, so that's an average of 29. So 39 and 19. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just feel like I feel like more people are going to understand Josh Jacobs' second year. He's just going to be <laughs> really good. So Josh Jacobs. Wow. 13. Wow. Wow. I was going to I was going to say 16, but then. OK, for me, how much I think Josh Jacobs is going to do good this year. That is absolutely way. Yeah, too no. Early yeah. That is like early second round. Yeah, I I I know a lot of people are very high on uh That Josh is Jacobs. way too early. Do not draft Josh <laughs> Jacobs at 13. <laughs> oh, oh man. That is crazy though. I mean, they must expect a huge workload out of him. And I get it. He has an amazing center, you know. Um is there the rest of their line good, do you know of? I I think they, they I think they got some bodies. So We'll see. He might. I. I. I don't think he's gonna do bad, but I wouldn't draft him to thirteen. That's a little high. Um, James Connor. So yeah, James Connor. This one's a, a weird one because you know he was he was the elite running back. He he actually, when uh, Lance, the guest that we had on the last show, won the league. The reason he won the league is because he picked up James Connor when Le'Veon Bell held out that entire time. That is how he won the league. So James Conner has been up in the elite tier of running backs for the last few years, and now he's kind of, you know, regressing back yeah, towards I, that's the what average. I was about to say. I feel like last year he fell a little bit, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So James Conner for me, man, if Josh Jacobs is going that high, I feel like, I feel like James Conner is going to go higher than I think, but... I think James Conner's ADP is going to be pretty low, to be honest with you. But if, if Josh Jacobs is going that high, it might be higher. We're, I'm going to meet myself in the middle here, and I'm going to say 48. For James Conner? 48 for James Conner. Mm, I'm saying 25. All right, I was thinking around it. the 20s, but I'm going to give it 25. So our, our middle ground here is 36 and a half, so about 37. You said 20, 25. 25. I said 48. That's a big difference, yeah, boys. Yeah, it is. So who's right? <laughs> so who's right? James Conner, 47. Damn. <laughs> I'm way off on that one. Nailed Damn. It. Yeah, wow. I thought, uh, I don't know. I just thought he was backs go Early, I thought he was just going to be the next guy picked up, but I guess not. Running back 22. So, wow. Oh, really? Yeah. Rank? Running back 22. So, you you said 25 I mean, total. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. He's almost the 25th running back, not even all positions. Yeah, that's fair. I, I would I would probably give him around 22 rank. All um, right. So, yep. Yep. James Conner, I was one off. That was probably the closest I'll be today. All right, wide receivers. Allen Robinson, uh, Bears. Allen Robinson. 
This one's a different one. Yeah, because I feel like he's going to be expected to have a boom season, you know? Yeah. Like, he was kind of down a little bit for two years. I think he was down mostly because Mitch Trubisky kind of yeah, had, exactly, yep. had a different quarterback blow-up season. Mm-hmm. Man, how high are people going to reach on Allen Robinson? Mm, I don't know. All right, I'll, I'll get. I'll take a guess. Sixty-five. I think he's going to be a little bit earlier than that. I I think I'm going. I think I'm going with fifty-two. All right. All right. So, sixty-five from Nico. Fifty-two from myself. And that's around 58 and a half, 50, 59-ish. So here we go. 27 from Allen Robinson. Please do not draft Allen Robinson that high. Please I'm, don't. I'm sitting here with my mouth open, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, if, do you if, if really think he's going to like do that good? If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts right now to where you cannot see us, we are shocked. Like... The only player that I'm really maybe thinking about getting is on the Bears is uh Montgomery. And that's just because yeah. I feel like he's gonna get a lot of volume and soon a touchdown's gonna come. Right. You, you think Allen Robinson <laughs> wide receiver ten. <laughs> wide receiver ten. God. Please don't hey. draft him that high. Yeah, that's bad. I guess I guess sixty five was a bad guess now looking back at it, but but 27, 27 would have been a bad guess, too. Yeah, you would have been wrong even if you were right. But. <laughs> if you nailed it right on, you still would have been dead fucking wrong. All right. Robbie Anderson. Robbie uh, Anderson. He's on the Panthers now. He was on the Jets. Yeah, Carolina Panthers. This one's a, a weird one because, you know, no Cam Newton. Yep. Teddy Bridgewater now. New system. New system. He's a, he's a street guy, too. and New coach. Yep. And they say uh, Teddy isn't the guy really to throw long too much, which I feel like they're really just saying that because last year he played six games and he was more trying to be the safe guy instead of launching stuff. But mm, Robbie Anderson, they paid him too. They paid him. So maybe maybe Robbie Anderson's in the range where we were guessing Allen Robinson was. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go, sixty-two. I'm gonna go fifty-nine. So we were right about right, right about the same there, around you know the sixty, sixty-one range. Yeah. Robbie Anderson, one hundred and thirty-nine wide receiver, fifty-two. <laughs> I just feel like th- th- uh, th- this this might be affected by by Cam Newton leaving. Yeah, th- because you know the whole Teddy Bridgewater thing isn't you know, isn't set in stone it's not solid we don't know exactly what teddy can do um so that that might have affected this a lot and i feel like he's not going to get too much of the uh extra receiving points you know what i'm saying he's probably yeah. only going to get like three four catches a game probably touchdown dependent probably yeah. for robbie anderson yeah yep um a boom player uh a bad note on robbie anderson is that he has a bye week in week 13 which some leagues start playoffs in week 13, which would not be ideal um, to have one of your wide receivers on bye yeah. when, you, when you play in the playoffs. Um, so yeah, Robbie Anderson, 139. Down there, probably because of Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater. If Teddy does 
pretty decent. If he does a little, maybe a little bit better than people are expecting, I think Robbie Anderson gets up there to you know the the seventy range. Yeah, they got so they got DJ Moore and Samuel too, Curtis Samuel, something yep. like that. So I think I think uh, even though our projections were were way off, I don't think they're they're crazy off because if Teddy Bridgewater does does decent, he's more towards our projections mm-hmm. than he is yep. these. True. All right, one tight end, Noah Fant of the Denver Broncos. Mm-hmm. All right, so seemed like this one's kind of hard because like we it's not really you don't really know where tight ends are going. Like yeah. I know I know I can rank him just about in the in the realm of tight ends only, but I just don't know where tight ends are going. Hmm. I'm definitely thinking the hundreds. Are you thinking the hundreds? Yeah, I'm thinking the hundreds. I'm thinking. 125. I'll give I'll give him a 125. I'm thinking one. Mm, I'm thinking it? 113. A little bit higher than you. 113. So we're right around you know the 120 range. 113. Hey, <laughs> dude, I got this one. This is going crazy. I right got now. one, boys. <laughs> no, dude. I I got <laughs> James Conner. I was one off. Noah Fant. I nailed it. The other ones were atrocious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I uh, I probably had like one or two good ones. <laughs> that that one was pretty good. You're pretty close on that. Yeah, we we were pretty close as as total there. Spot on though. That's pretty good. Yeah, I think no offense in for a pretty good year. I think he could actually you know rise above his one thirteen ADP. Oh yeah, definitely. They they're expecting him to have his uh boom year this year. I mean that's tight end twelve in mm-hmm. in some leagues in in <laughs> in half PPR in half PPR ten team leagues tight end twelve is not starting. Yeah. And, and I, I think he can start. Yeah, it definitely starting caliber. You know what I'm saying? His he's just kind of like an Evan Ingram, <laughs> and and I would feel so happy to have Evan Ingram this as a tight end. This so. one's a little weird. You can see the because uh, like on this the these ADPs are from Fantasy Pros, and uh, they average the ADP, and so they take the average of three different um, ADPs right now. And that's Yahoo, FFC, and Fantrax. And it's kind of funny because FFC is 102, Fantrax is 107, and Yahoo is 152 mm. to bring it back to the average um, and rank it at around 113. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a big wide range from those uh, from those systems. Yeah. Wow. I didn't think I'd nail one. <laughs> yeah, you were one off. I, I promise. Like, I promise you. I have not looked at a single ADP chart this year. Yeah. I haven't either. To so. be honest with you, I probably should be looking at ADP charts, but yeah. I have not. I still think it's a little tiny late. I feel like if you look at them a little early, it, yeah, it they'll, might they'll mess move. Up. They'll move. Noah Fant definitely won't be 113 by the time he gets around in the draft. He might be higher. He might be lower, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. I think higher. All so. right. So we are going to get into the shit show of the day. We have another situation, boys. <laughs> another situation. Hey, if, if you thought, like, just, just replay in your head right now. Close your eyes. Replay in your head. Le'Veon Bell. Just saying, screw you. <laughs> Replay in your head, Ezekiel Elliott saying, I'm out. <laughs> Replay in your head, Melvin Gordon going, yeah, no. Like, it's, it's like a yearly thing that it happens. It's, it's like one, one running year. back is like, oh, 
nope. I want more money. Nope. Money. Money. Yeah. So what happened with Dalvin Cook? So yeah, that if if you haven't noticed, that's who we're talking about. This is Dalvin Cook. We're we're poised for another uh for another situation, like the whole Ezekiel Elliott, Le'Veon Bell, all that kind of stuff. Dalvin Cook is now um, asking for a contract extension. So right now, this is according to Adam Schefter at ESPN. Uh, Dalvin Cook has one year at one point three million left on his contract. When the uh, Texans signed David Johnson this year, so David Johnson's now in the Texans. He is getting thirteen million dollars a year, and so that's right around where Dalvin Cook is saying that he wants his money. Like he wants it at around fifteen million dollars a year, and he he's out without that extension. He is not showing up for camp or anything beyond. That is his words. So if Wait. he doesn't get that extension, he's not playing. Yeah, and <laughs> could be scary. You know what I'm saying? Like. And if they if they settle all this and before training camp, then we won't have to worry about the scare anymore. But I think I think the scare is going to happen because they're just their cap space. They don't have too much for they're letting other people go and all that stuff. So and if if they're really thinking that they're going to pay Dalvin Cook 13 to 15 million, like I don't know. I don't, I don't even think it's a smart decision. You have other really good. uh running backs behind him like Madison and I, I think Madison's really good so I don't know if you do bet on uh Delvin Cook in the draft you better better get Alexander Madison yeah I'm not necessarily the biggest guy for uh for handcuff situation but right here would be the the one where you want it is you you want that the handcuff just in case you know Dalvin Cook doesn't doesn't play and if he doesn't play i i think alexander madison's in for in for a year mm-hmm. kind of going back a little bit the adp say he's still on the team but he's still holding out and it's like time for a lot of people to draft where do you think that dalvin cook would be going so yeah here's the thing is that now with with everyone having, you know, the Zeke, the the Le'Veon Bell, the Melvin Gordon thing fresh in their minds, right, from the previous <laughs> years. There, there is going to be a extreme drop-off mm-hmm. of yep. Dalvin Cook's ADP if by the time you get to your fantasy draft, he is still holding out. And so Dalvin Cook actually might be an extreme value pick because if he's going to go way lower than he should be going, then... You're getting him, and you're you're taking the huge risk, obviously, that that he plays. But you're getting him for such a good price that if he does play, you could have uh, an amazing team. You could win a championship from just that. But if you do draft Dalvin Cook, I would reach. I would reach extensively for Alexander Madison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And so. Dalvin Cook. See, this was my situation with uh, Ezekiel Elliott. When, I was gonna bring this up. when he was holding out, um, it was getting, we have an eight team league and it was getting late in the fifth round and the sixth round and keepers too. Yeah. And we had keepers. It was getting late in the fifth, sixth round and Zeke was still held out by the time, um, that whole thing 
that 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 draft was going on, and I had people left and right offering me trades for that pick, um, and I just ended up saying, you know what, I'm going to take the risk and I'm going to take Zeke, um, and <laughs> it kind of it kind of screwed me over because it ended up working out. I had an absolute god squad for the first part of the year when Zeke was actually playing, and then they you know suspended him the the amount of games. Mm-hmm. But they suspended him later in the season, right around the fantasy playoffs, and so that really sucked. So I ended up not winning. Yeah, I, uh, I, ma- I made the playoffs. I I didn't win anything in the playoffs. Or actually, I think I got third or something like that. But, um, but that's the risk you take. You you take that risk to hopefully get the reward, and that's that's up to you, you know. Yeah, and, and so we'll go back to Dalvin Cook's situation here. So he's saying that. The the Vikings right now are a quarterback first team because they just gave quarterback Kirk Cousins and he he had one la- one year left on his deal also when they gave him the contract extension so the same situation that Dalvin Cook's in and Cousins is making a hundred and fifty million over five seasons um okay. that's a lot of money. <laughs> I am never going to financially recover from this. <laughs> yeah. So I can see Dalvin Cook wanting more money because like, he obviously thinks that he's the foundation of that team, um, and which he might be. But, uh, but yeah, I, I'm not exactly sure how willing the Vikings are going to be to give it to him. How much leverage does Dalvin Cook have? See, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because he had he has produced a lot when he was on the field, but he's also injury prone too. That's another scary thing yeah, about Dalvin I mean, Cook. His ACL is a little bit uh, a little bit wobbly, and he and he was hurt last year. He was hurt the year before. So yeah, I I don't think he has that much leverage either because we'll repeat this often during the podcast, but. You don't need a you don't need an elite running back to win a Super Bowl. You you do need an elite quarterback to win a Super Bowl. I mean, look at the past however many Super Bowls you want to look at. Over ninety percent of those Super Bowls are gonna be an elite quarterback winning that that Super Bowl. But if you look down at the depth chart for the running backs, I mean they might not necessarily have yeah. an elite running back like the Patriots in those in those six rings. I didn't really have the the bell cow running back like we see right now with like Zeke and and Cook and all that. You're gonna call a Garrett Blunt an elite uh, running back? <laughs> exactly. Like <laughs> you do not need an elite running back to win a Super Bowl. Nope. So I don't know if Dalvin Cook has that much leverage in Minnesota, but we'll see what happens. Keep an eye on it. You always want to be updated with this kind of stuff because if he slips rounds. And people don't want him because they think he's holding out or whatever. You might want to pick him up. Or you might want to avoid him entirely if you think that he's not going to play at all. So keep your eye on it. Always be researching. All that kind of stuff. Um, and while you're, while you're researching, you can go on to our YouTube page. Hit subscribe. Click like. Listen to all the podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. All that kind of stuff. Thank you for listening to the Fancy Incline Podcast.